Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Just One More Level podcast. I am your co-host, John. And I'm Christian. And this week, we have played for you guys The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. It is the first official top-down Zelda sequel. came out on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System in 1992, and it is considered by many to be the first true sequel to the original Legend of Zelda, considering the second one was a side-scroller, a little bit of platforming, and it kind of was hit or miss. I was going to say, you can't really say it was the first sequel that was top-down. Technically, the second one had top-down elements. Right. It just also had a lot of weird side-scrolling platforming things. But, um, I mean, I'm sure we'll cover it someday, but there's a reason why we skipped straight to A Link to the Past. (laughs) Let's just uh, say that. (laughs) The the, the second game for, for many fans is kind of hit or miss. Uh, a lot of people, it seems like they either completely love it and they think it deserves more praise or they completely hate it because it deviated too far from the first game's formula. And I think Nintendo probably took that into consideration when they made the next one, right. which is very much in the style of the first one. Um, it's 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 essentially the same type of game, but uh, everything is scaled way up. The, the graphics, the music, the uh, combats, the interactions within the world, um, the user interface, the map screen, everything is a giant step up for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. And we'll go into more detail about all of those features here as we get into it. So, Christian, right. uh, first uh, well, Just one more thing I wanted to throw in. A good way to oh, think yeah. of it is if... Um, Everybody knows of uh, Ocarina of Time, the 3D Zelda game that started it all and how huge and influential that is and so many people's, you know, top game of all time type of deal and whatnot. This is basically the same thing for 2D Zelda. This is kind of what everybody compares every other 2D Zelda game to. Yes. This is it. So you have your 3D is Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time for 2D Zelda games and top-down action games in general. This is Mm -hmm. kind of the bar. Um, Yeah. But yeah, like John said, let's uh, let's get right into it. So story-wise, I mean, it's kind of your classic Zelda sort of uh, story, right? You are the chosen hero that um, has to basically save Hyrule. In this game, the reason why is because there's an evil wizard, whose name I'm not even going to try to pronounce, is going around and kidnapping all of the descendants of the, I believe it's seven wise men, or sages, or whatever they called them in this game, yeah. and uh, sending them to another realm, which is allowing him to uh, uh, descend the world into darkness, basically. Right. So you, being the, the chosen hero, you have to save the princess Zelda and stop who is one of the descendants of course and stop the wizard from his evil schemes right which i believe uh, and you can correct me if i'm if i'm wrong i believe the story of the seven was something that was kind of uh hinted at in the first game or maybe that's in a future game um i i think in the opening scroll there they talked about like the seven wise men uh dividing up the trident not the trident the triforce (laughs) the trident yeah the trident everybody knows Uh, the famous trident from zelda yes right uh dividing up the triforce and like hiding them in uh seven pieces or something like that across across that sounds right or or something like that I don't know. I should remember because, I mean, I just kind of read it, but I don't. I've already <laughs> forgotten, to be honest with you. No, I, I feel I feel like that's a thing. Maybe it comes up in later games because of A Link to the Past. I don't quite remember. It's possible. And I mean, according to Nintendo, all the games are linked in some way. But honestly, I think that's just bullshit that they kind of made up to appease yeah. fans. No, um, that's because in my nonsense, personal opinion, yeah. all of the games are are separate. Like there's little bits and pieces from uh older games and newer games and vice versa but it's yeah i I, I, I don't know they don't 
they don't need would, to be linked. Not everything would, in the universe has to be linked together. Yeah, and if I would you are buy... going to have everything linked together, you really kind of need to plan it from the beginning. And I really yeah. don't think they did for this. Series, I would so I would buy like maybe some of the 3D games are linked together. Like I would definitely buy that Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Are oh yeah, one hundred percent. I would say um, those two are. Yeah, yeah, and then I I would and buy maybe that... even um, Twilight Princess. There's right. there's some hints to say Twilight Princess may be linked to those games as well. Or but, uh, Wind Waker um, is it? It came out as far close as like the yeah yeah, and the the official timeline states that that's when Child Link um, failed, um, and so to banish evil or whatever, they drowned all of Hyrule underwater using the okay. Triforce pieces that they had. So like that's how they kind of connected the two, and how Hyrule got buried underwater and us i mean i don't know but are they really connected who knows and honestly it doesn't matter these games are just great fun to play and that's really what they're about they have lore sure but right it's not like a jrpg or something like that where the lore is the focus i mean look at breath of the wild breath of the wild i think went a little bit far with it and not having enough story but Mm -hmm. there's basically no story in breath of the wild and it's a lot of people's favorite zelda game now it's in my top three for sure like yeah so yeah yeah yeah. that's uh that's a good point um so first impressions for me i i am not uh like like a big zelda fan as we discussed in um the first one not to mean that i i don't enjoy it i'm becoming a big zelda fan but what i mean to say is i'm not a big fan as in i've played all the games i know all about it that sort of thing um so first impressions to me coming into this kind of clean it was amazing um i thought that they did everything that the first game did well and they made it so much better um everything felt more smooth it felt easier to navigate the world a lot of things didn't feel as unfair as the first game um i wasn't lost as much as i was in the first game very rarely was i they have a very functional map screen you just Mm -hmm. hit the um i think it's the a button the top button on the super Uh, nintendo controller on super nintendo something like that yeah um you I hit just that button. Over at mine to double check. Right. And it uh it, it brings up the map screen, which is in two different formats. Uh when it first comes up, it's zoomed in. Yeah, because they had to show off that mode around. seven capability right. of the Super Nintendo. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah, when when it first uh loads up, it's zoomed in and you can move the map screen around a little bit to see different parts of the zoomed in area. And then when you hit it again, it zooms all the way out and shows you the complete overworld map. Right. And then you can hit it again to put it away. Um, which I think is so helpful and they use markers on the map to tell you where to go they use npcs in the game to give you hints about where to go and they're actually helpful <laughs> like literally they'll direct you they'll they'll just say you know you should go see the old man uh, he's over here i've marked it on right. your map for you <laughs> and then you pull up your map and it actually shows you a place to go and that's not to say that it makes the game too easy or it holds your hand it just gives you a direction you can choose to ignore it and explore the right. world more if you want to and uh try to uh do different things like um cut down bushes and uh overturn stones to get rupees and things like that if you want and uh there's shops and things on the map for you to buy them uh, th- that was a big thing that i complained about in the first zelda game it's like the shops and things that you go to to find the rupees and to find the pieces are like you have to burn down the third bush from the right which right. opens a staircase for you to go down to this place to get like a crucial item or and to there get are something still that's some really gonna very help you. well hidden areas in this game kind of right. similar to how there was in the first but 
-hmm. nothing i feel that's crucial to your progression it's all more just extra kind of stuff that you can find under random bushes or a random rock in the middle of nowhere and uh Mm -hmm. this is this game they also introduced having like cracks in the cliffs and things like that to kind of show you hey you might want to try exploding this this area here or whatever right exactly i personally like that Yeah, yeah i think that's good design i know there are some purists who believe that that ruins the experience to some level Uh um they feel that it gives too much away and makes it too easy um Mm -hmm. but i I personally agree with you i i I think that's just good design having having some hints to the player um maybe it's a little too obvious in some places maybe but eh, i'm happy with it yeah i mean i i like that because i like the uh the thing that i i know this is uh a really common feature for more popular games uh like metroid but um and Super Mario World <laughs> is the example I'm going with because that's the one I've played. Um, sometimes you can jump up and you can just see out of the frame or in the frame at the top of the frame that there's something that you can get to that you can't quite reach. So you know you have to go back a second time with like a new ability or something right. to be able to get up there. And um, that's what it feels like for me when there's a crack in the wall. Like when I went through the castle the first time. Because when the game opens up, you are in your house with, I'm assuming, your father or some kind of parental figure to Link. I don't know if they actually ever say. Yeah. But, yeah, that's kind of what I always assume, too, like a father or uncle or something like that. Right. Especially since whenever you get the sword from him, he says, our people's technique. So you are some sort of descendant or clan or something of his. Right. there's some sort of link there. Right. Um, but it, yeah. That, his name's Link. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> 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 now you get, um, <clears throat> you get some kind of telepathic message from Zelda uh, letting you know that you need to come and rescue her from the castle. And uh, that guy is the guy that goes first. Yeah. Um, and he, he fails. And you get the message about uh, finding a secret passage in the courtyard or right outside the castle that takes you into the courtyard. Um, and then you go in the castle and that's pretty much your uh, first dungeon, uh, first experience right. in the game. That's how the game opens, which is really, really nice, I feel like, to actually give you an introduction into the world. And, and a direction right. to go, too. Yes. It's, again, I know it's another thing that some people complain about. They feel the game was too handholdy. It was a little bit more... There's still a lot of open world elements to it, but yeah. it is a bit more linear than the other games. I think this game, personally, yeah. I think this game struck a very good balance between where the first game didn't hold your hand at all, just threw you right. in this world and let you go wherever, and then following Zelda games kind of held your hand too much and said you must do things in these order, or sorry, right. in this order. Um, I think yeah. this kind of struck the perfect balance of the two personally. But again, yeah. I know there's purists out there who who really enjoyed the first game and thought that's how every Zelda game should be. Um, but I, but yeah, I, I, really I like don't... the mix. It gives you a direction, but doesn't necessarily force you to follow yeah. it. Because, um, uh, well, I mean, uh, what I was going to say on, on the castle right before we um, get back oh, sorry, into yeah. that. Um, yeah. No, you're fine. But um, there's spots in the castle that you can uh, blow apart with a bomb. Right. Because there's cracks in the wall. But you don't get your bombs until you go to Kakaira? Kakariko. Kakariko. Kakariko Village uh, is where you get your first bombs, unless I missed some that are hidden. Um, You can buy them from the shop there with the rupees. Uh, That's where I found my first bombs. Right. It's technically possible to get them as like a drop or a spawn from like... uh, destroying stuff or whatever before that but i don't think it's possible to get it until 
after you get out of the first dungeon, quote unquote. Right. So yeah, right. your your point's so, so that, valid that you're so that waiting it, to make your <laughs> right. So that in, that intrigued me. I was like, oh, there's uh, secrets in this castle. Maybe I'm going to come back here later, and maybe I should come back here later. And come to find out, you can yep. uh, go back to the castle after you get uh, through Kakariko Village and uh, get a few more clues on your quest. But um, it, it all kind of ties back into what you were saying, like the balance. I think that having that element in an adventure game is really, really cool. And it's really inviting for first-time players, you know? So maybe if you want your adventure game super vague and you want to literally um, comb every pixel of the map right. to find right. whatever you're looking for, <laughs> that's fine. Um, but I, I think that adventures work better when there's a story that moves it along. And it follows that classic hero structure. You know, there's uh, there, there's the hero that's kind of down on his luck or uh, the hero that is nubile. He, he doesn't know anything yet. And then there's a call to action a call to adventure of some sort um in star wars it's obi-wan uh obi-wan kenobi and luke hearing the princess call for help and in uh other other stories it's something similar and in this one it's zelda reaching out with a telepathic message it's that call to adventure that also helps with the gameplay it gives you a direction to go in the game so you don't feel so lost but it also feeds into that adventurous element of storytelling right. so I, I i really enjoy that in a game and and a story in general and i, I don't think it was uh too much or too handholdy or anything like that no I, I yeah i completely agree like i said i i enjoy what this game did and giving you a sense of direction on where to go and i'm a big fan of maps maps are nice especially yes. when things are marked on maps Right. Having a in-game GPS, I think, is a little bit too much sometimes. Uh, another game I've been playing yeah. recently, Cyberpunk 2077, has okay. an in-game GPS. And yeah. it's just like in the real world, when you completely rely on technology to show you where to go or tell you turn-by-turn -turn directions, mm -hmm. you kind of don't take in your environment as much. You just kind of yeah. zone yeah, out and just kind of follow directions, right? Whereas if yeah. you are just given a point on a map and then forced to explore to find where you're going find right. your own way there you kind of start to memorize things you start to notice little landmarks and little features mm -hmm. and things like that so i think having a point on a map like this game does is nice um mm -hmm. but it's nice they didn't go super far with it until you like go three screens to the right one screen up two screens to right. left and yeah. hey now you're there like it's right. nice that they didn't just <clears throat> lay it out in one path for you but direction yeah. is nice that's that's my whole point that i'm trying to get out here <laughs> yeah right. I, I agree yeah I think, uh, and, and and that's not to say that, I, I mean, I don't personally think that the GPS idea is totally wrong. Depends on what it's used for and, and how how intense it is as far as it how it directs you. Like Grand Theft Auto. I think Grand Theft Auto is a perfect map system, personally. Because it's not so GPS heavy that it literally just tells you point A to point B. But it, it just shows up in the form of like a mini map, you know? Right. It, it, so the map is constantly present on the screen, but not all of it. It just kind of right. gives you a basic direction to go in, and that allows you to explore and memorize landmarks and do things like that. Yeah, so, I'm not technically against the nice idea balance. of a mini-map. I kind of go both ways on mini-maps, to tell you the truth. Right. But, like, in, in Cyberpunk 2077, I can't really remember with GTA V, but Cyberpunk 2077, mm. for instance, the mini-map um, is also always in the corner, but then it has the GPS 
on the mini map, like little yellow lines on the mini map telling you uh, an exact okay. path on where to go. Not just I don't a remember marker, if they do that but same an thing. Line. Yeah, just a line okay. on the map showing you a path to go, like what streets to go down and then yeah. where to turn and all that. I um, was talking so about that's like, where I uh, think it's a little bit too much. Yeah. I was talking about like old Grand Theft Auto games. Like, oh, was, yeah. No, things like that. Like, yeah, like, where it's City. just a GPS. Like yeah. I said, I'm, I go a little bit both ways for it. If your world is yeah. massive and not particularly, and there's a lot of like repeating assets and things like that, mm. then I think it's definitely, definitely a good idea to have a GPS. Or sorry, not a GPS, a mini map. But yeah. in games like Link to the Past, the one we're talking about here, where the map's a little bit smaller and every screen yeah. is really unique. There's no no two screens look the same. They didn't reuse a bunch of the same. Um, I mean, they reused a bunch of the same assets like sprites and things like that, but they're all yeah. laid out so yeah. much differently. It's kind of yes. obvious where you are at any given time. So in a mm -hmm. game like this, I think a mini map would just get in the way, to be honest. You oh, have the large can... map to give you an area of where you're going, but mini map, mm -hmm. I don't think it's needed. And, I mean, and we can move on right from there uh, as far as how the levels are laid out and everything to talk about how beautiful this game is. Oh, yeah, no, the sprite work, the pixel art in this game is... Yeah. I mean, again, we've, we've taught, we've mentioned it before, John and I dabble in game design and development ourselves, and there's a yeah. reason why whenever me and John are talking about art styles and things like that, I'm constantly bringing up this game um, to yes. him as a, as an inspiration for what I think pixel art should look like. It, I yeah. mean, it's just, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It really, it's really smooth. Is. It's smooth. It's, it's, it's textured where it needs to be and it's plain right. where, it, where it should be. Oh my goodness. I can't believe you beat this puzzle. I didn't beat it in one go. It oh, actually okay. took me like three goes because there is a way to beat this puzzle in one go. So oh, once okay. you get to Kakariko Village, you can go down into a basement area. And once you get down there, there's a bunch of chests that um, are covered by blocks and you have to kind of push the blocks around to open them. Yeah. And uh, I uh, there's a way to do it in one go. And I figured it out at the end, but mm -hmm. it didn't matter because I had already had to do it like three times but anyways um yeah pixel art <laughs> it's beautiful it's colorful like john said yeah. everything looks relatively smooth even though it's pixel art um yeah it, it really it really conveys a sense of the fantasy setting that they were going for and right. uh it's it's quite enjoyable indeed yeah absolutely <laughs> um so. yeah and it's 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 just amazing to me like every every time i see something new on it and like you know every every time you, you go in a dungeon or something like that i think that uh they brought back a lot of the old zelda enemies from the first game mm -hmm. uh as far as like minor enemy types and dungeons and things um and uh they they really gave them an upgrade which i think is uh really really cool um like the uh the skeletons and the snakes and the different things like that that you'd be able to fight in uh the the older games you know they all look smooth and 16-bit and it's uh it's really cool link his sprite looks really cute how he right. just kind of uh shuffles along and um his, his attack i think is way better uh that's yeah. bordering oh, into getting yeah. getting on uh getting in the gameplay but i love that um it was so frustrating to me in the first game how you would have a projectile with your sword that was your big attack without having a secondary weapon in the first game but if you lost even one heart no matter how many hearts you had gained by that point if you lost one heart, you would lose that ability. And I, right. I remember touching on that in the first time. Like, I was so happy after I got my fourth heart container and my fifth and my sixth and my seventh. I was so happy that, oh, now I'm, I, I get to, still be able lose. to use that ability. Yeah, I get to lose four hearts before I lose the sword throw. That's awesome. No, 
If nope. you lose one heart, regardless, you you lose the sword throw, which is just garbage to and me. And that does make but a return in this game. I don't know how much it. you ended up playing. Uh, normally, we do okay. roughly an hour for games of this size. Um, but just coincidentally, I happened to be playing through this game on my own before we decided to uh, do the podcast here. So I do know once you unlock the Master Sword, that ability does come back. Oh, nice. Um, to throw, like, okay. the beam from your sword, and uh-huh. it works exactly the same. If you take uh. any damage at all, you do lose that ability, so... No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but you get to keep the uh, the swipe with the sword where you spin around and stuff, right? Yeah, you keep the, that other oh, ability, fine. you keep that, and then I don't know if you knew this, but if you hold the sword button down, um, you actually hold it out in front of you as well, so you can yeah. just, like, repeatedly stab things that you walk into. I don't know if right. you realize that, but yes. that's another little ability yeah, that they added here mm-hmm. yeah um, um no, I, since we're yeah, touching on it so much yeah do you want to go into gameplay a little bit yeah um yeah so obviously there's the thing that we said with the sword uh there is still the mechanic with the shield in this game where if you're facing uh an enemy directly that has a projectile uh you will deflect the projectile with your shield um yeah if you're getting spammed by an enemy, sometimes it doesn't work reliably. Uh, so if there's like three arrows coming at you because there's three people shooting arrows at you, right? Um, they, they won't all bounce off, which I think is balanced. Um, you gotta, you know, figure out how to how to how to make it work. You know, how to how to move around the screen a little right. bit and balance. Also your important to with mention: defense. enemies have shields in this game that yes. actually work to some degree. Yes. Um, yes. Now, I don't think it's so much with Link. But or whatever you name your character, but with yeah. enemies, their shields are based on I, they hold them on their right side. Um, yeah. So you kind of have to attack them from the left a little bit. Um, right. Otherwise, sometimes your sword swipes just won't work. Um, right. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. That, that's another cool little mechanic. Because in the first game, I forget their name, but the blue dudes in the dungeons that I right. thought were horses, but they're knights or whatever. Um, right. Uh, Lord. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, those enemies, for instance, you couldn't attack from the front because they had some sort of shield or whatever, but you couldn't attack them from the front at all. Like, you right. just did not have the option. In this game, you can still attack enemies like that from the front. You just kind of have to do it from the side or swipe at them a few times to kind of get that chance of hitting them or whatever. Right. So. And uh, like you were saying with the sword, um, when you hold it out in front of you, you can actually break bushes faster. Yeah. Yeah. If you just you hold can, it and keep running into bushes. Keep yeah. running into bushes. Yeah. You break them. And uh, that was very helpful for, for like this tiny, tiny little mini game, uh, which is how you get one of the heart pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to solve this maze within 15 seconds. I hope and... we get there because you'll see the easy way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, the, the, the way that I found out to do it is um, doing the trick where you hold the sword out in front of you and you break right. the bushes and fast and that does work but that's the hard way <laughs> that's the hard way okay yeah. um, um there is you... actually an easy way like I, the easy way is so easy that i forgot how to do it and screwed up so like it took me a second to remember and i still right. made it in the 15 second window so yeah the mini game is you have wow. to make it to okay. a goal in 15 seconds that's yeah. that's the whole mini game and um, i kept getting like 16 17 yeah. you know stuff like that it's pretty hard if you don't know the trick it's pretty hard and then once you see yeah. the trick you're like how did i not realize right. i could do this so i'm gonna get gonna, to that in the footage but i'm gonna take a guess is does it have to do with the lantern and shooting fire nope mm. nope good idea okay. but nope nope it's actually yeah. even simpler wow. um <laughs> but anyway so gameplay wise yeah so um so that's what you can do with the sword yeah you do have more abilities with the sword which is nice mm-hmm. like john said you have more options when you're attacking enemies right. um there's more items in this game i believe um 
in our first hour of play, we probably would have only got the the bow, which acts like a bow, the boomerang, mm-hmm. which is the same as the boomerang in the first game, and yeah. then um, the lantern, which is mm-hmm. kind of shoots out a ball of fire. So it's kind of like the candle from the first game, basically. Right. Um, I, but you do um, get some other things later in the game, like some staves that you can use uh, magical abilities with and things like that. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm forgetting something. Well, I um I didn't get the uh I didn't make it to the boat. Um, oh, okay. Okay. What I what I made it to is I made it uh to the Kakariko village like uh we're seeing on the screen right now if you're right. watching on Twitch or on YouTube. Um and then I made it down past that and I started heading east. Um there's an east temple. You have to go see an old man yeah. on the eastern part of the map and then uh your your first official dungeon, which is your your second dungeon experience of the game is within that same area of the map. Right. Uh, and you have to go down in there and I didn't quite beat that one. Okay. That's where that's, that's where I ended that's up fair. stopping. Um I I forgot almost, that this was your first time playing. So yeah, yeah that's I, I that's perfectly understandable. It. Um but uh I couldn't figure out how to beat the guy, how to beat the Cyclops guy. Um cuz there's a puzzle in that dungeon where you have right. to get a key to open a room to get a special item, which is what you need to take in to beat the boss, I guess. Yeah. Um and uh I couldn't get the key because I couldn't figure out how to beat Mr. Cyclops cuz I didn't know you could hit him cuz up until that point I had just been avoiding them. Right. <laughs> and uh moving on from room to room cuz you didn't need to fight them. But so the um, way to fight them that you're supposed to do it is shoot them in the mm-hmm. eye um yeah. with the bow. Uh gotcha. but I believe you can also throw pots at them. Uh, you can throw thro- throwing pots at them is a one-hit kill. I found out by googling it after the right. fact cuz after after I got a game over in the dungeon I was just like, "Nah, I'm just going to <laughs> I was like, I, I, yeah. th- I, I think that's where I'll end it right now. And then I looked it up and uh, it said you can kill them with the sword. It takes about seven or eight hits uh, and they have to be moving because if you uh, try to hit them with the sword, it just clinks. It just bounces off of them right. with their, when they're stationary. But if you um, get them to move and come after you, you can get seven or eight hits in. But if you don't time it just right, they're going to kill you. Right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, which is yeah, what happened fair. to me, you know. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it it was just tons of fun. I love the the puzzle solving element of the gameplay, where you just kind of have to figure out a few things. It's not too intense. It's not too complicated. Right. And that's something they really bumped up from the first game, though, because the first game yeah. didn't really have puzzles per se. It right. was mostly just either kill all the enemies, push this singular block, um, right. That was figure out much where to go for the puzzles. <laughs> yeah. Other than figuring out where to go, that was pretty much it. And this one, you have mm-hmm. things like light all the lanterns, uh, find hidden mm-hmm. buttons in the room type of deal, hidden right, tile yeah. buttons. Um, mm-hmm. You still have your normal kill all the enemies uh, type deal, stuff like that as well. Um, right. And then later in the games, you can uh, like put down blocks and things like that. So there's additional puzzles with putting down blocks and moving statues and all your other, you know, things from other Zelda games like the 3D Zelda games and things like that. So right. I think they did an excellent job kind of just another addition. Like you said, they took a lot of the mm-hmm. elements from the first game and then mm-hmm. just kind of made it better. And that's really what this game is. Right. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's uh, it, uh, kind of depressing to me a little bit because I know that this game has one of my favorite story elements of all time, time travel mm-hmm. later on uh... in the game. I th- that That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. <laughs> uh, like I said, I, I haven't played it and I haven't played it far enough to know for sure. But I've heard that it has some kind of time travel or dimensional travel. I was going to say, I mean, game, yeah, the, why the name the title of the game is Link, Link to the, to the Past because, you know, your your name's Link and right. um, 
so and the, you kind of go to the past so i mean yeah i don't i mean i don't think it's really much of a spoiler um yeah to say cause... that i don't know i've never beat the game although i've played through roughly half of it at this point okay it's not actually time travel though just small spoiler alert okay it's more that you go to a dark world so there's two okay. versions of this world of hyrule there's the okay. dark world and then the normal world so it's silent hill kind of yeah there's there's parallel universes is what it is um kind of deal i don't know why they decided to call it link to the past but that's the name they went with uh but anyways oh yeah, you gotta cool. be kidding me oh did I you get watched, to the yeah did you get to just, the trick <laughs> we just got to the trick on the, on the stream here i uh, cannot believe i would never have thought of that Yep, that's what I said. Once you see it, it's so obvious. Like, of course, this one section looks different. You can just jump over it. It's a jumpable fence. But right. until you see it, you just don't think of it. But yeah, it yeah. makes it so much easier. I can't like believe I said, that I, I got didn't use the, the other sword way. trick or anything <laughs> like that. I just yeah. I just went through it slowly because I even went down the wrong path at the first time and I still mm -hmm. made it in 11 seconds. Like, yeah, wow. good stuff. Crazy. Good stuff. Nonsense. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, gameplay wise, it, it really is just, in my opinion, an improvement in every way over the original. Um, yeah absolutely no complaints here uh, gameplay the, wise the i mean uh the music the oh, music is amazing oh, come on it's a zelda absolutely game. yeah it's it's a zelda <laughs> game so obviously the music's amazing and uh i really really love i love when a franchise has a theme yes you know? especially I when they, love... they stick to the theme and remix yeah, it a little bit for every exactly. new game and things like yeah, that yeah the, the 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 overall theme of this game is the same theme from the original game but it's just upgraded for the super nintendo right. and i i think that that's an amazing call that's absolutely great i like it when games have their own renditions you know like if if it's a sequel it can have its own theme and everything but like it's probably one of my and i i know this is bold but it's probably one of my favorite things about star wars every star wars movie has the star wars theme it's not like in in you know the, the next star wars sequel they're just going to give up on the star wars fanfare and not have it open the next movie. I mean, they've had a couple movies like that where they're like spin-offs in the the universe or whatever. But there's always some kind of variation of some of some of the classic Star Wars music. It gets remixed or um re redone in some kind of way. You know what I mean? Right. And I I think that's a great way to tie the universe together because music evokes emotion and you feel that emotion of adventure when you hear the Zelda theme. Yes, so definitely. I I think it's fantastic that they brought it back and that they upgraded it for the 16-bit generation um i i know it, it, they don't do that that often in in the newer zelda games they just kind of make their own music and and do their own thing uh but to be fair they I still keep played. elements do they of, uh, okay. yeah they still keep elements of it um like in breath of the wild musically i think breath of the wild kind of suffers the most um yeah like that's its weakest point in my personal opinion and what they right. did is like while you're riding around your horse in hyrule field or whatever mm -hmm. there's music but it's just very gentle in the background because they wanted you to have yeah. more of a connection with nature and kind of the experience of the game so they went with a very yeah. subtle approach to the music right. which is fine i guess but like you i really would have liked or just really enjoy in general 
having because it's not only the sense of adventure but it's also a bit of nostalgia whenever you right. hear that that song even if it's a remixed version it still brings back all the memories of all the other games that you played and the good times that you had playing those games and things like that right. so i i yeah it's like final fantasy for me is the big one because you yeah. have the fanfare and final fantasy and the, the theme songs and things like that and it it just brings back all the other memories of playing different right. final fantasy games and beating those yeah. big bosses and all that it's just yeah, I don't really nice. have that with games. I definitely have it with movies. Uh, right. Like I like I just said, Star Wars. Um, but the uh, the 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 only one in a game for me would probably be Mario. But I mean, know, yeah, that's... that's still another great example, though, of yeah. a game that just like, you know uh, keeps a similar theme going through its games. Right. Uh, specifically, Super Mario World. I'm a huge fan of what they did with the music in Super Mario World mm-hmm. because I, I I don't know if you ever noticed, but literally almost every musical track for the actual level not the overworld but the actual levels um is the same melody but it's remixed in a different key or with a slightly different uh tempo and rhythm right um but it's the same collection of like notes it's the same melody over yeah, and over i've never again. actually but noticed like, that before but like be for the water but for the water level it's a little bit sped up and there's a little bit more going on in the background and for the cave level it's in a minor key and it's uh it's pitched a little differently so that it sounds more kind of evokes um, a cave feeling <laughs> right so it sounds more wavy and more echoey and things like right. that but it, it's the same um it's the same musical phrase like over and over again which is really really cool because they were able to add enough variation to that same theme um to make you feel like it's different music right so um i really really like what they did with that but um anyway back to zelda um yeah um, one other thing that it has nothing to do with the the music or sound design, which as we just touched mm-hmm. on is excellent. Um, mm-hmm. The 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 level design I feel was great as well. Um, oh, the yeah. way they laid out the levels, the density of secrets while giving you hints on where secrets could be and things like that. Yeah. I just wanted to quickly throw it in there. I don't have anything specific I wanted to say except for they just did an excellent job with it. It's a really well yep. laid out world. It's not too confusing, but still has kind of metroidvania sort of elements where there's areas you can't get to until later in the game when you have new items and things like that which adds a sense of progression without completely locking you out of the like forcing you into linear paths it doesn't really do that it kind of yeah it's open but also focused yeah and secrets everywhere there's there's enemies all over the place it's just it's good it's good but what i did want to ask you about um, unless you have a comment on level design. Um, just really briefly, I love yeah. the way that they handled perspective. Um, because oh, it yeah, is, sure. It is top down, but it's not like completely top down. Yeah, they made um, it feel like a 45 degree angle kind of. Right. Yeah. And in a lot of, and in a lot of the spots, like, uh, we just saw, uh, on, on the Twitch and on YouTube, I'm sure, um, you went into the castle and, Mm -hmm. um, and even where you are right now, you come to a bridge and the bridge extends out in front of you in a kind of a top down perspective, but they added a sort of 3d element where you get to see like the faces of certain structures. And when Link is, uh, facing the camera he's not just it's not just his nose poking right. out from under yeah. his hat that faces the camera you get to see like most of the front of his body and when he's right. facing away from you you get to see most of the back of his body and it's uh just those uh those little touches like that to add character to the game so that you're not literally top down and like like where we are right now just for instance this is a tiny little room 
and the room is laid out in front of you, and you can see, like, the fronts of the torches and the fronts of the pots. Right. And um, the walls themselves are a little bit more top-down, but it's it, it just adds a sense of depth. And yeah, I think and that's the what way... I was going to say. That's what they really went for was depth, because, like, yeah. the world's kind of laid out in a 45-degree angle perspective, mm-hmm. but the walls... Because, like, normally in a 45-degree perspective game, you would only really be able to see back walls and maybe a little bit of sidewall. Right. But they went full on and even have the walls closest to the screen at the bottom of the screen being able to yeah. be seen as well, which kind of makes other it direction. feel like you're sunken yeah. down in yeah. to a room, basically. Mm-hmm. It looks like the walls are extended up and you're sunken in, which is, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out because that is something a little more unique to to uh, link to the past compared to most top-down games, even top-down games that have a similar perspective. So yeah, yeah. excellent design I, choice. I, I, I really like the way that they uh, that they did that there. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, moving on to what you were going to say next. Oh yeah, no, I just wanted to ask you how you felt about the difficulty because I know we neither one of us are great at Zelda games, and I remember right. you struggled a fair bit in the beginning, at least with uh, the first Zelda game. Yes. So I was just kind of um, wondering how you felt about the difficulty on this one. I feel like the difficulty is much more manageable. Um, there is no difficulty. It's slider, of course, uh, no. still with the game. It's just one difficulty. Um, but I feel like it's a lot. And I feel like the reason that it's much more manageable this time is because of the way the game is designed. Everything that they upgraded about the game has made the difficulty a lot more accessible to the average player and a lot more, um, a lot easier to get used to. Right. You can, uh, the, the movements are a lot more um, responsive and uh, they're not as limited as they are in the first game with what you can do with the sword and mm-hmm. um, your your different weapons and things. And um, it's a lot easier to figure out where to go. So you yeah. can uh, you can you can more easily avoid different things in in the levels and uh, just all, all all of the things like that. Um, it's more easy to find hearts and heart containers. I and that like was my big thing that I wanted to were say. Those I were think better as far as difficulty goes. Mm-hmm. I feel like besides having the 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 movement definitely being better in this game, I think besides mm-hmm. that, that was the big difficulty change in my opinion was that. They are so much more generous with the drops in this game yes. compared to Zelda 1. And mm-hmm. that's really the big thing. I sucked just as much at this game as I did Zelda 1. I'm still constantly taking hits, mm-hmm. but it's a lot easier to get a heart drop from an enemy to kind of bring you back up to a reasonable level of health in this game. Yeah. Whereas in Zelda 1, you could kill like 20 enemies and not get a single heart drop. So right. that oh, was the, the big change for me. The uh the continue system uh when you when you continue you just kind of start at the uh the front door of whatever you're doing at that moment yes. I yeah. have yet to die on the overworld so I'm not sure how that works uh, I th- entirely it depends on what all you've unlocked you get to pick kind of okay. what uh, a key area you want to start in basically whether it's right. your cottage or the sanctuary or whatever so okay yeah so because I I died uh two three maybe four times in the opening castle i think just uh mostly in the sewer surprisingly because there's a couple areas where they just spam the screen with rats rats and 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 snakes and and things yeah um (laughs) yeah i i think i died a couple of times there and then i know i died at least once in this uh dungeon that we're seeing on the screen right now um 
So, and, and it just starts you back at the front door. And you don't lose any progress in terms of rupees you've collected or items or um, things like that. You wouldn't lose out on like a heart container if you've collected right. that, which is how it is in the first game. Um, but it, it, it was nice. Um, yeah, it's still nice. It's mm-hmm. still nice. It's no different from the first game in that respect, but yeah. Right. They didn't regress, at least. <laughs> right, exactly. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's just, it's the full package. Uh, 10 out of 10, I definitely recommend it to anybody that wants to play it. Um, so do you have anything else that uh, that, that you want to touch on? Um, no, as, not as really. I mean, but I, I completely agree. As I mentioned earlier, I'm actually playing through this game myself right now. So mm-hmm. 100%, I would play just one more level. And like John yeah. said, I, I definitely recommend it to any fan of the the genre or somebody mm-hmm. who's just looking to try out the genre. Um, and thankfully, this game is available on the Switch uh, Nintendo, Super Nintendo Online service or whatever they call it. So yes. it's, it's pretty easy to get a hold of to play as well. You don't have to worry about uh, finding a Super Nintendo in a cart or anything like that. You can right. just, uh, for however much Super Ni- or Switch Online is these days, you can play yeah. it right on your Switch. Yeah, because this game is pretty expensive to collect in the original format. Um, right. Anytime I've seen it, it's at least uh, 45 or $50 for the Super right. Nintendo. Um, and it, it just goes up from there depending on how complete the copy is and the condition. So right. um, if you're if you're a collector, be prepared. <laughs> um, a- a- any game from any main Nintendo franchise, no matter what the console is, probably going to be pricey has never really diminished in price i mean i can remember buying a copy of super mario sunshine for the gamecube when it was not new but a few years old on the gamecube for like 25 30 bucks in like the bargain section and 65 70 dollars today now yeah (laughs) yeah or or something crazy and i i just i i I don't know i've never fully understood the collector's market for video games right (laughs) i i understand that rare is expensive and i understand that good is expensive but i don't know i just i don't see i don't see why 70 dollars expensive is what is necessary right (laughs) so i don't know but uh yeah, so I would also just uh, I would also just play one more. <laughs> I would also play just one more level of uh, Link to the Past. Um, I, I I intend on checking it out some more in the future. I want to see what else this game has to soar, and um, I, I'm just uh, this whole experience, uh, this whole uh, starting with the first game and the the beginning of our first season here on the podcast has opened my eyes up to a whole world of possibilities with Zelda. Um, I've played a decent amount of Breath of the Wild um, uh, just before and since we started the podcast. I think it's amazing. Um, and uh, I want to play a lot. I want to give another chance to some of the Zelda games that I've tried but have never progressed too far in because right. I was, you know, uh, turned off or I, I didn't know where to go. You know, the word I mean? is, is ignorant. Ignorant, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that, that kind of wraps us up uh, for, for this one and uh, for this season. This yeah, is going to so be our the big announcement yeah yeah we uh so we decided to do seasons just on a yearly basis um it just yeah. you know a nice simple way to go about it um but the so this is it this is it this is the the, the finale for the season and we thought uh-huh. it'd be a little bit poetic honestly it was john's idea to uh we started the series with or sorry the season with uh zelda so we decided to end it with zelda mm-hmm. um so after this we will be taking a short just couple week break um now there's a reason for that it's not because we're tired of doing the podcast or anything like that 
nope. but because we want to get some other things set up. Uh, mainly, we are going to start a Facebook page uh, just yep. to kind of reach out and try to grow the community as well as just update everybody on what we're doing. And uh, we're also going to try to get a website up and going um, just with some information about the podcast. Um, would like to be able to get a little bit more inactivity with the viewers on games you would like to see and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um and I feel like um for oh and then of course like trying to be more active on Twitter and things like that to give more updates on when the videos are coming out and things like that. So yeah, yeah, we're and, gonna get some um, stuff get together and uh, then we'll be back. Yeah, and and, and just for uh, another step of uh, interactivity with you guys, uh, we've also talked about toying around with the idea of starting our own website. Um, maybe yeah. that's something that we'll be doing in the future. Um, yeah, and that 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 would include just little things like uh, like a poll. Uh, where we can uh, talk about suggestions we've had for games that we want to play for the podcast. And uh, you guys can get on there and vote on what you guys want to see next. Um, And uh, leave suggestions on the website and uh, do different things like that. Um, But we're not 100% on all the details uh, just yet. That's why we want to take just a little bit of time off. Um, January the 20th. Roughly. I believe yeah, uh, yeah. is when we plan to put our next episode up. But uh, for all you fans here on Twitch, you'll be able to get a sneak peek at the season two opener of Just One More Level podcast right. here in a little bit on, on the Twitch stream. Um, yeah. So uh, that, that's the advantage of checking us out on Twitch, guys. We, uh, right. And that's the <laughs> other reason why we want to get Facebook and Twitter and everything going a little bit right. more um, so that we can we can let you guys know when we're going to be live on Twitch. That way you can right. get a sneak preview or uh, or mm-hmm. just join us live and things like that. So, right. Yeah, exactly. So but uh, I think I guess that's it for for this season. Right. For this, this is, uh, for this season. This is goodbye. This is goodbye for season <laughs> one of the Just One More Level podcast. We'll be back in a couple of weeks for all you guys on uh, Twitch. We'll be back in just a few minutes. And uh, thank you so much for uh, checking us out. I know we got just a little group of people right now that uh, check us out, but we appreciate each and every one of you. 100%. Uh, yeah, because uh, you don't you don't have to. You don't have to check us out, but you do. And we appreciate it. So thank you so much for listening and watching. Thank you so much. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.